How many thankful that we serve a God of the dream and the dreamer? Let's make this declaration. Mean it like you say it and say it like you mean it tonight. Come on. It don't cost a bit more to dream big than it does little. Today I will have my faith built by the word of God. I will not allow my past to control my future. God has given me my dreams to look forward to and my faith as a means by which I will arrive. I will dream big because I serve a big God. Somebody give him a hand. You may be seated. God's favor in our life is an absolute powerhouse force. His favor makes it possible for us to do things that we could never do any other way. Amen? It's so strong that I truly believe that a lot of us don't realize at first just how deeply it impacts our life. And how many knows that the grace of God is also the favor of God? Grace is kind of like that thing that you have grace for something and, and, and it makes a place for you. Just like a, a, a piece of equipment would, would push out the dirt or rocks or whatever if you're building a house and it makes the place. Grace makes a place for you. And grace, we have grace to live, but we don't just have grace to be saved. We don't just have grace to barely get by. But we have grace to live in abundance. Somebody say amen to that. I believe when we first get saved, we, we have a very elementary understanding, or you could say an intellectual knowledge of the grace of God. And sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it takes the rest of our life to fully understand what we need to do, know about grace. But I want you to get this, and I, this, next, this next statement I'm going to make, as the Lord revealed it, I just really believe this is what the essence of grace is, and I want you to get this, and I, and I want us to walk in this understanding. Grace is an undeserved favor that we receive from the Lord that proactively reaches out to each of us but it does that in a different way how many knows that sometimes I need grace that maybe Shaggy doesn't need or Shaggy needs grace that I don't need because we're going through two different things how many's glad that we serve an individual God a God that knows our needs a God that knows how to find me where I am with what I need at the time that I'm in need somebody say amen but grace is an undeserved favor from God that proactively reaches out to us in different ways, changes us for the better, and then allows us to live on the same level as Jesus Christ. He said that he, we are joint heirs with Christ. Grace brings us from that place of deprivation that we may have lived in to that place of impartation. And I'm so thankful for that. If you're thankful for that, say amen. 
See, we can compare the old to the new. Life before the cross, quite frankly, was not quite as rich and full of promise as life after the cross. Under the law of Moses, people were expected to abide by hundreds of strict rules, hundreds of regulations, just to avoid the curse. You know, God led people at that time in history. But if you notice and you read your Bible, he led, he led them from a distance. But oh, after Jesus' death, after Jesus' resurrection, after the cross, somebody say after the cross, God himself now can live in us. And we are not under the curse any longer. As a matter of fact, when we, when we are threatened by the curse of sin and death, we can take authority over the power that comes against us through the power that is in us as Christians. Amen? Why is that? It's because of the grace of God. It's because He shed His grace and His blood was shed so that His grace would be shed toward us and given to us. We get so hung up on the word grace sometimes when we, we, those of us that have been raised in Pentecostal churches, you know, uh, we're, we're so scared. I'm just going to use that word. We're scared to use the word grace because we've been taught that, oh, that grace, you know, you don't want to abuse grace. What are you talking about? Man, I'm so thankful that His grace is shed abroad. Abroad for us. 1 Corinthians 3.16 Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Before the cross, there was a lot of physical sacrifices that had to take place. Before the cross, the priest... I'm just going to be honest with you. I wouldn't want to have been a priest or a preacher or a pastor before the cross. Because that joker was putting his life on the line. Do you know what I'm talking about? He had to wear a robe with bells on it. And on that one day a year that he took the sacrifice behind the veil, he went behind the veil and he, he sacrificed so that your sins would be forgiven. And if he had any sin within him, he would drop dead. They had a rope tied around his foot. When they heard the bell stop ringing, they would pull him out. And then I guess they formed a pulpit committee. I don't know. But grace has, when Jesus said it is finished and he gave up the ghost, the Bible records that the veil that separated the outer court to the, or, or the, yeah, the, the outer court to the holiest of holies, the veil was rent from top to bottom so that we can now go straight to the throne of grace for ourselves. Isn't that good news? Believing in the power of what Jesus did for us releases us from fear, worry, 
stress, anxiety. The very emotions, listen to me, that the rest of the world believe are normal today. My anxiety. Don't say that. It don't have to be your anxiety. You can throw it at the foot of the cross. You can throw it back in the devil's face where it come from. Because the Lord Jesus did not go to the cross, die, get up from hell, get out of the grave. And he did not do all that so that you could say, well, my anxiety. I'm just so worried. The Bible says worry about nothing, pray about everything. You say, you don't ever have any worries, Pastor. I ain't going to admit to it. I'm not going to admit to it, and therefore I'm going to cast it down. When I do have those things, we all have opportunity for that. But we have to make a decision. Do you know that living for Jesus is all about decisions? Huh? It's all about decisions. You can be saved and on your way to heaven and still walk around looking like you done sucked on a persimmon all week long. You know what a persimmon is? It's really, really nasty. It's a fruit or something that grows on a tree. I don't know if you'd call it a fruit or not. I guess a persimmon is a fruit. They stink really bad and they taste really bad. So the next time you want to look around and you see your, you look in the mirror and your face is like that, just remember Pastor Jackie said you look like you're sucking on a persimmon that stank really bad. <laughs> see, we now have the peace of mind and the joy of the Lord that can't be explained or rationally or naturally understood. But it's always there, even in hard times. And that's because of the grace of God. I believe that this is part of the plan for the believers from the Father. Because in John 10, 10, it says, The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come. I am come, the Lord says, that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. Christians are not perfect. Let me just go ahead and say that. I'll never tell you that you uh, need to expect to be perfect. But I will give you good news tonight. You're forgiven. And your forgiveness that you've been imparted gives you power over the next time that Satan brings that bunch of mess around you. You don't have to feel like, oh, I'm just, I'm just stuck in this rut or I'm just stuck in this, this cycle. Get out of the cycle. Stand up and say, in the name of Jesus, my steps are ordered of the Lord by the grace of God. I don't have to be in a cycle anymore. My mama may have had a problem. My daddy may have had a problem. My great-grandmother may have had a problem. But I can stop it because the curse stopped at the cross by the grace of God. Negative emotion. Hold people back from leading a joyful, powerful life that God wants to give you. See, when we miss the mark, when we mess up, when we make a mistake, we can be free from the spiritual shackles of guilt 
and shame, condemnation, because Jesus has already taken care of the judgment and sentencing for sin. Paul said this. He said, if you got sin in your life, just, just confess it, ask him to forgive you, and go on. He said he would cleanse you. Here's the reason we have to understand grace. I'm, I'm just going to be straight with you. I, I was raised in, in churches. They, they meant well, and I love them. I love my heritage. I'm so thankful for my heritage. But I was scared to breathe hard. I was so scared that if I did one thing wrong, I was going to hell. I love my mama. Oh, I love my mama. But one time, somebody said, we was going to the movies going to the movies we weren't going to see no bad movie we was going to the movies she said every one of you is going to hell actually pray what she said every one of you fellers everything she said every one of you fellers is going to hell I'm so thankful that shame inflicts emotional pain and damage but Jesus has done away with that Jesus hated it so much that he died on our behalf so that we don't have to be walking around in condemnation all the time as a matter of fact the word says that if he who the son has set free is free indeed and where the spirit of the Lord is there is now no more did it, did it mean that you would never mess up? Well, he knew you were in this human body. He knew you'd still make mistakes and, and fall short from time to time. But he said there would be no more condemnation. You know why? The grace of God. Isaiah 50, verse 6 and 7. says, I gave my, uh, my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid my face from shame and spitting, for the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore I have, have I set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. See, because we have a relationship with Jesus, we can rest. Somebody say, we can rest. We can rest without the nagging uneasiness that people without Jesus have to carry. Hallelujah. And that rest, or you could say that peace, is something that religion cannot give you. I'm going to say that again. What Jesus gives us is not something you can get from just being religious. Somebody said religious music would kill a dead man in the graveyard at midnight. You know what? I'm so glad we don't have religious music around here. We've got music that proclaims the freedom. And the Bible says when we lift him up, he will draw all men to himself. Hallelujah. Hebrews 4. Verse 9. 
There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. See, that rest or peace is something religious can't get, religion can't give because it focuses, religion focuses on self-effort. You know, I don't smoke and I don't chew and I don't go with girls that do. <laughs> oh, I was raised that if you even thought about putting tobacco in your mouth, you were going to hell. Now, you know why I don't put tobacco in my mouth? Yuck. Not because I think it'll send you to hell. Religion has rules. Jesus has freedom. You do not, you do not become holier because you keep a bunch of rules. As a matter of fact, I was raised around some people, and I've gone, one of the reasons that that I feel like the Lord put such a strong desire in me to, to start a church where it didn't matter what you look like, act like, smell like, or talk like. Everybody was welcome at High Praises Church. A church where it didn't matter what color, it didn't matter what background, it didn't matter, it doesn't matter what kind of economic status you are. Everyone is welcome because I was raised and, and I went to churches that if you didn't fit a certain uh, look or if, if you didn't... Um, if you didn't do things exactly the way that were, man, that's not what grace is. Grace is freedom. Grace is favor. Grace is empowerment. Grace, and you know, I'm going to say this just for any religious folk that might need me to say it. Grace is not a license to sin. It's not an excuse for you to sin. But if you understand grace the way that I'm preaching it and the way the word says it, you already know that. It's not about trying to ease this in and ease that in. But I want you to understand something. The Bible says, be holy for he is holy. But you are going to have a fight on your hands for the rest of your natural life because this flesh is not perfect. Your spirit. Somebody say, I am a spirit. I live in a body and I possess a soul. Am I telling you to go out and do whatever you want to and it's all right? Well, you know I'm not. I'm telling you right now that we are less powerful in a lot of uh, uh, church situations today because we make a mistake and we have been beat over the head with you're not good enough, you're not you're not holy enough. You've not done everything right. And so we are living beneath the power that we actually have as Christians because we need to understand grace. And I'll just tell you, I've not always understood grace the way that I understand it now, even as a, as a pastor. And I'm not ashamed to admit that. See, Religion focuses on self-effort. God focuses on you. I'm going to read Hebrews 4, 9 
10, 11, one more time. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. This ain't always easy, okay? It's not always easy to do when the pressure of life is coming on you. But with God's help, it can be done. And as God's children, we're in a unique position to demonstrate the love of God to a world that needs to understand that God loves them. God has radically changed us so that His grace can flow through us and radically change others. I'm going to say that one more time. God has radically changed us so that His grace can flow through us and He can radically change other people. Submitting to His influence makes us lights in a world that's dark. Thank you guys so much for joining High Praises Church podcast today. We are so happy to have had you with us. If you just met Jesus for the first time and you want to commit your life to him, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you. I open my heart and I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Take complete control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps by the power of your Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for answering my prayer and saving my life. Amen. God is so good. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you and may he be gracious to you. Now we want you to stay connected with our socials. You can find us every Sunday and Wednesday on our Facebook and YouTube live at the High Praises Church and catch us on our Instagram at the High Praises. Can't wait to see you next week. Take care.